0: Oh, boy, Veronica. Watching this week's movie was tough.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, tell me about it. Like, who is this for? Who wanted this?
0: No one. No one. That's why it's so depressing. Millions of dollars and tons of man hour put into a franchise no one wants.
1: Starring characters we don't even care about. Like, they're missing the whole main characters that people care about. Yeah,
0: it's just a studio building a spin-off, trying to make more money, just trying to tell stories about just characters no one likes. And speaking of these characters, don't get me started on that problematic cast.
1: Uh, I know. I felt kind of icky watching this. I mean, there's no way this is going to be number one at the box office again.
0: Uh... Wait a minute, Veronica. Uh, it didn't. Uh, Morbius already uh, uh, lost out on the number 1 spot in its second weekend.
1: Morbius. I was talking about Fantastic Beasts 3: The Secrets of Dumbledore.
0: Uh-oh. Looks like we're doing a double episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nailed it. Nailed Nailed it. That was definitely
0: the first take of that opening.
1: The first and only.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm John Bruchad.
1: I'm Veronica Urowski. We're bi-coastal now.
0: We are bi-coastal. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, we are are talking through, across the country, across time zones. I'll tell you what happened, Um, audience. I saw the movie Morbius. And I just said to myself, oh my, I must move to that city of dreams that concocted such a work of art. I must drink from the same wells as the storytellers who told us the story of Dr. Michael Morbius. So now I live in L.A.
1: See, I thought that you left New York because it's getting too dangerous with all these vampires running around. (laughs)
0: You're right, you're right I said the first thing to not seem like a coward But yes, I was terrified of vampires And I was also terrified of the shitty bakeries run by muggles Oh (laughs) right. That's a thing that happened in New York in Fantastic Beasts 3 Yeah,
1: and apparently the pending rise of uh, uh, magic nationalism
0: (laughs) Yeah, Wizard, Hitler, or whatever Uh, (laughs) Yeah Anyway, I don't think we said the name of the show. This is Box Office Time Machine, um, a show where we watch the number one movie at the box office, either from the current weekend or a weekend in the past. And due to the mix ups and delays with me moving, we've watched two number one movies and spoilers for the end of this podcast. I don't think we liked either.
1: No, sorry, listener, but keep listening as to why. (laughs)
0: Oh, no, we just lost the devoted Morbius fans. Um, Uh, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this right now, before we get into both. um, One of these I only disliked and the other I almost hated.
1: Wow. I feel like I did not have strong emotions towards either of them. I was... Mainly bored, I suppose.
0: <laughs> that's the big difference. I was much less bored during Morbius. Uh, it's second half, definitely. But I don't think there was a second of screen time during Fantastic Beast 3 that I was not bored to tears. And good news, <laughs> that's where we're starting the conversation.
1: <laughs>
0: Veronica, what, what is your hi- uh, history with Harry Potter in general? and the Fantastic Beasts spinoff series?
1: Well, I love the Harry Potter books. I've uh, reread them many times. I love the audiobooks, the Jim Dale ones, not the other ones. Those are bad. <laughs> uh, and so I, I've i done Harry Potter trivia. I've been to like the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And once the movies were done, so kind of was I. I still... I still occasionally listen to the audiobooks, but I kind of checked out on any new, uh, I don't know, Wizarding World editions past the Harry Potter canon. So I didn't see A Curse of Child. I also did not see the two previous Fantastic Beasts movies because I wasn't forced to by this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just, it felt like, I was very good with the ending of the story. I found it pretty satisfying. I'll, I kind of, I think once we get into it, I'll kind of talk about the interesting stuff that she already introduced in the books. That if I were to make a movie about lore, I would do that. Uh, Warner yeah, Brothers slash
0: Discovery hire her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, uh, I feel like. Uh I I don't have like an itch of needing more movies in that like in that universe necessarily. Uh and it was definitely not scratched by what I saw in this with this movie, I suppose. How about you, John?
0: Well, I have a very similar history, but uh, with Morbius. I listen to the Morbius audiobooks <laughs> all the time. I go to the vamping world of John, uh, Morbius John, this is not the bar. Morbius
1: section. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I, I was a very uh, – I was at one time when I was the age of Harry Potter, a devoted Harry Potter fan. My, my babysitter gave me the first Harry Potter book. Uh, when I think I was 10 I think I was the same age he was In the first book um, And it Aww. was still uh, At that time it was still like It was still kind of new in America And so I like ordered mm-hmm. like the British copies Of the sequel books and stuff And I was really into it And then the f- by the time the fourth book came out I don't know why I just kind of stopped caring I loved the first three I don't know if I was a little hipster 13 year old or something But like I Maybe just, it was
1: just too long for you.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> With like,
1: book four, the books exploded. That is very, I mean, I
0: do think that was part of it. I saw the, the the page length of four, and by that time, I was already kind of going off the train, and I was like, "Nah, that's okay." I mean, I read long <laughs> books at the time. I'd read, uh, I'd read it, Stephen King's It. But uh, John, you know, we, we
1: know you can read. No need if to the, flex. <laughs> if the Harry
0: Potter characters aren't going to have a, an orgy in a sewer, then I'm just not going to read books that long. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I've only Hire seen... him,
1: Warner Brothers. <laughs>
0: I have only seen the first two... <laughs> <laughs> i've only seen the first two harry potter movies uh, of the original series um i was going to the third one when i was 17 and got in a car accident on the way there so that's a story oh, no. for a different podcast um, but so i never saw any of the other ones but i did see fantastic beasts one and i felt kind of similar to that that i felt about uh the force awakens um, only lesser I think the force awakens is definitely a better movie than that one but both I was like well this wasn't great but you know what I feel like now that it's stepped in its own direction this could be a fun spin-off series um and then the reviews for <laughs> fantastic beast 2 came out I did definitely did not watch it and then i I watched (laughs) i watched a lot of videos going through how bad it is so that's how Mm. i know the plot i (sighs) veronica did i find this movie baffling because i had not seen the previous movie or read the last few books or did i find it baffling because the plot makes no sense and is poorly told or is it a bit of both what do you think
1: uh I think it is the latter and I will say why because I have not seen any of the Fantastic Beasts movies but I would say most of like the lore and character conflict in it is from the last book of Harry Potter Deathly mm-hmm. Hallows like so If you kind of know about Aberforth, you know about the whole Grindelwald Dumbledore thing, which they do say in words, but rarely in action. Say that Dumbledore like loved Grindelwald. Like um, you don't think
0: this was a passionate, a passionate relationship on screen?
1: Well, it was just. I So the thing I'm not sure about here is that like whether in the previous movie they made reference to it or whether it was a revelation in this movie where Dumbledore says that he loved Grindelwald.
0: No, this is the closest they've gotten. But even still, it was written in a way that it could be a brotherly love. And then also Ugh. they cut out those two lines. Um, I loved you and one other one. They cut those out for the uh, Chinese release.
1: Oh gosh! I mean, all right. Well, I mean, even wizard gay love is not okay in China. Uh, all right, but the whole like, what is the movie that That is my main problem with this movie is that like, why are we why are we shown this? What is actually <laughs> like? I, I'm I'm totally like confused about the stakes in this movie because. Even though they keep referencing all this, like... Nazi imagery. Like, I'm not entirely even clear on what really the stakes are. They introduce a bunch of muggles, but then they don't show the impact of Grindelwald on these muggles. We don't know how their world would ever be impacted by what is happening here. We're not entirely sure, like, what, like, why people support Grindelwald, nor what he actually wants. Like, they're trying to convey all of that by, like, having, like, grandiose like nazi era architecture and expecting us to kind of understand that that's where it's going but like what are the stakes here why why are you telling us the story why are you introducing like a Dumble like a- out dumbledore's like bastard child like wh- why is he important why is he the one who has to like kill grindelwald like wh- I have so many questions about, like, why is this even a movie? Like, it does, it's not even really, like, structured like a movie in many ways. It was just, like, so confusing that they decided to release this because it has, like, no climax. It has no built-up towards anything. I, it has, like, a weird MacGuffin of this animal that makes no sense. It's just, I, I don't know. It was just I was baffled by how this was even conceived as a movie.
0: Well, how it was conceived is part of the problem. I mean, there's so much right. extra textural uh, information to this movie about why this is as just disastrous as it is. Um and it, it's very similar to Morbius. We'll get to that later. But like um so you have the fantastic B series. They want to make a prequel series. They come up with this idea to take the the, this textbook that's referenced in the Harry Potter books, right. uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's a textbook all about these fantastical creatures. And they go, okay, let's make it about the dude writing that book. And that sounds like a super fun kids' Pokemon adventure series, right? And the first Fantastic Beast movie has scenes that are kind of like that. I, I remember seeing right. it like there's like a 10 minute sequence. It's just like, oh, there's a big hippopotamus creature thing and it's <laughs> on ice and we got to get it off the ice. I might be confusing this with the ice dancing scene in uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. I don't know. Both movies that are <laughs> very hazy in my memory. But then there's a thing in the original Harry Potter books where... Uh, Uh, J.K. Rowling, um, like, claims she aged up the narrative with the readers, so it got darker and more serious as it went on. And I don't know what they were – the balance did not work in Fantastic Beasts 1 because you would have basically – A a scene from, like, a Pokemon movie, and then you'd have a scene where it's like, oh, by the way, in the background, Wizard Hitler's getting ready to go, and it just never meshed. Um, Then they make a second movie, which is much more of the dark stuff. They uh, build it up, and uh, neither of us have seen that movie, but I've, I've read about it and watched clips from it. Uh, it's a movie that very heavily, uh, other people have said very heavily demonstrates, uh, Rowling's inability as a screenwriter, which like, for all the terrible things about that woman, the fact that she can write books better than she can write movies is not her biggest flaw. The fact that she demands (laughs) to try to write movies is one of her flaws, not her worst. Don't get me wrong. Not her worst. But, um... But uh, uh, so she wrote that movie and it's it ends with a 10 minute exposition dump where just every character shares their secret backstory. But then also uh, Grindelwald in that movie played by Johnny Depp reveals that his plan is that he wants to kill all the muggles because he has foreseen World War Two happening because this takes place in, I think, the late 20s. Um, <laughs> And a bunch of people after that movie came out, a bunch of people pointed out, wait a minute, if Grindelwald's trying to stop World War Two, then that means that our heroes are trying to make sure World War Two happens. And Also,
1: like, what is easier to stop World War Two from Gr- Grindelwald's perspective? Kill all the humans, or kill one, or perhaps I don't know, up to five humans who are leading the charge. If he can see the future, he can also see like who are like the leading characters yeah. in that disaster and avert it that way.
0: Well, I think the idea is that he's uh, that his real goal is just killing people and he's using I mean, part of the problem is like, let's be honest, Dumbledore and Grindelwald are just Professor X and Magneto. That's that. That's just it. That's what they are. They are the X-Men characters, Professor X and Magneto. Um, but I
1: think like they she had something interesting in the last book, which it was I mean, the love angle was not spelled out, but it was the idea of like Dumbledore and Grindelwald initially were working towards the same goal. And mm-hmm. then it sort of it came to a head and Dumbledore uh, came to a census and stopped. And then that's when they had like their big fight. And so like that you know, is that interesting. sounds like.
0: Magneto and Professor X.
1: Sure, sure. But I'm saying is that like. They're not even, like, Dumbledore is barely a character in this movie. Like, nothing that you know of Dumbledore from the Harry Potter books or movies is on the screen. He's not, like, a weirdo, whimsical dude. He, like, we barely see him do magic. We, like, if it's a story about him and Grindelwald, why do I care about Newt Scaramander? Like, why, like, why does she, I guess, like, back to your whole thing of, like, it's tonally way off we have the pokemon creature movie and then we have like a very like a political allegory but it seems like the movie is a pol. at this point the movie is a political allegory with a pokemon movie being like squeezed into it as opposed to the other way around it was like At the end, at the end of the movie, when, uh, spoiler alert, it's a good ending, like, happy ending, and, uh, and Dumbledore thanks Newt for saving the day. It's like, did he? Like, he, he introduced an animal out of a suitcase. Anyone could have done that. And it wasn't even his suitcase. It was the suitcase (laughs) of a lady. Like, did he save the day? Like, that means anyone who was on that mountain in Bhutan saved the day. like... Literally, you are trying to shoehorn in, like, two movies. Why am I so angry? I don't know. But you are trying to shoehorn, like, two movies into a single movie, and it really doesn't work, in my opinion.
0: This series has never figured out why Newt Scamander is the hero of the movies. And Eddie Redmayne's performance is very annoying, so it does not help matters. Eddie
1: Redmayne is playing Joe Parra. He like all of his mannerisms (laughs) are like Joe Pera mannerisms. I could not get over it. I was like watching this movie.
0: <laughs> uh, that's very funny, um, uh, <laughs> but, Sorry. but I mean to go back to, go back to go back like yeah, Newt's commander is doesn't need to be the hero because the movies want to be the political allegory. But the reason I bring up Magneto and uh, Professor X is that look, it's fine to take those archetypes that works, but. The, yeah. It plays out differently here because of the metaphor. Like, um, a mm. lot of people have compared uh, Professor X and Magneto. I don't know if this was the original intention, but a lot of people over the years have compared them to MLK and uh, Malcolm X. Now, really, they're being compared to a reducti- reductive white person's version of both those uh, <laughs> both those people that it, that is taught in uh, American public schools. But, but... That is is one thing, and it's two people who are arguing over a civil rights issue. Um, Two people that are arguing over a civil rights issue, and they have different views on how to combat it. And that metaphor works with these characters. Don't think about it too much, but overall it works. Now you have that same dynamic in the wizarding world, but you have the problem where... (laughs) Grindelwald in the Harry Potter books has already been heavily connected to Hitler. He is basically wizarding Hitler. We have been told that while the muggles were fighting real Hitler, the wizards were fighting wizard Hitler. And it was just happening simultaneously. So then there's also the problem that the wizards are not an oppressed group. They are infinitely more powerful than the humans. And they are also prejudice against the humans so they are the aryan race in this allegory (laughs) they are the nazis so it makes sense for grindelwald to be hitler but then he can't also be I like the things just don't connect because you have like Okay, I guess Professor. I guess uh, Dumbledore wanted to, at one point wanted to kill all the Muggles, uh, but then he changed his mind, and so now he's the purest person in the world. So says stupid sp- uh, wizard Bambi. But like, <laughs> I, it just the allegory doesn't work. It's poorly thought out uh, by Rowling's uh, by Rowling. And then that is just the background. That is the foundation for the adventures of a hero who has no place in this story. Why would anyone want to watch these movies?
1: I was. Yeah, I was also just confused about what purpose any other non Dumbledore Grindelwald character served in this movie. Like, what is the purpose of Jessica Williams, for whom I'm very happy that she got to be in a Harry Potter movie because she's very, she's a big fan. And what is the purpose of Baker Dude? What is the purpose of guy who infiltrates Grindelwald's, uh, like, uh, group but then proceeds to do nothing until he betrays them so like what what was the benefit of him ever being there what is the purpose of like the two women in the store like it was just like uh you know what
0: this reminded me a lot of um the final game of thrones seasons and oh, I think I it's a similar that. thing where so this movie um, and we could get into some of the plot as if it fucking matters. But this movie, if you know anything about the behind the scenes, uh, these movies have not been doing well. Yes, this movie got number one at the box office this weekend, but it's the lowest haul for any Harry Potter movie by a pretty good amount. It's lower right. than the last one and it's lower than the first one um, uh, of the Fantastic Beast movies. Um But, uh, so they did, they're not sure if there's a plan to make five, but they're very clear at this point they're not sure they're going to do that for a number of reasons. you got the Johnny Depp problem. You have the Ezra Miller problem. And you have the big problem that J.K. Rowling is a virulent <laughs> transphobe and keeps <laughs> pissing off her fans uh, problem. You have all these problems, so they don't know if they're going to make a fourth movie. So this movie has to have a bullshit semi-ending where they're rushing through plot beats to have like an ending that either works as a full ending or an ending to go into a next movie because Grindelwald might still be alive? Question mark. Like it has to serve all those purposes. So then well, you end Grindelwald up stuff. Has
1: to be alive. Grindelwald is alive in the Harry Potter books. He's in prison.
0: Oh really? Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, but he's still on the <laughs> loose. He's still on the loose. Or
1: like at the very least, he was like killed by voldemort but like there's a scene where voldemort is looking for horcruxes where he visits uh, grindelwald and he says that he hasn't had the horcrux for a while that he lost the wand there was the elder wand that's what it was like uh uh Voldemort is looking for the elder wand like the one wand that would defeat all wands yes I'm very nerdy and then he goes to Grindelwald and he is trying to get it from him and he's like I haven't had it for a very long time and then that's when he opens Dumbledore's tomb because we know Dumbledore is (laughs) dead at that point because he was actually murdered by someone who is Snape who they also like Ezra Miller looks like Snape I was like He has to be Snape from all, like, the... I mean, it made no sense. Anyway, sorry. But anyway, Dumbledore's dead at that point, and Voldemort is opening his casket, and he, like, retrieved the Elder Wand, and then he, like, finally shoots it up in the sky, and then that's where Harry knows that danger is afoot, and he has to go back to Hogwarts. Anyway, sorry. But uh, Grindelwald is alive. (laughs) So, like, another thing... Another thing about these stakes is that they don't fucking matter because Grindelwald would be alive. We know the ending of like all of this. This is like as low stakes as a Marvel movie, but for, I guess, different reasons.
0: You don't have to apologize. As nerdy as you are about Harry Potter, I'm as nerdy about the Fantastic Beasts movies. I love all okay, my yes, favorite yes, yes. characters. Uh, Queenie, and Newt, <laughs> and Theseus, and <laughs> whatever. Wow,
1: you remember three names. That's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but, like, uh, the so the, it's all rushed. Um, uh, so, like I was saying, it's all rushed, which is why you end up with stuff like the character of Kama, Who is a character who's like, okay, I'm going to go be a spy with Grindelwald. But then he gets to Grindelwald and he's like, oh, maybe I'm going to be on Grindelwald's side. Maybe I'm a double agent. And then at the end of the movie, he's not. He helps the good guys. So end of story.
1: (laughs) But also, I don't know if that actor was directed poorly or what, but I felt like his expression has not changed. Like the entirety of the movie, he had a single expression on his face. It was like. So hard to read what that character was thinking.
0: Well, I think he's it's supposed to be a weird like, choice. I think he's supposed to be like a maybe like a Draco Malfoy type, where or, or it's like, oh, where's he? Where's he finally going to end up? Which side? He has hesitation, but it's like I, he was introduced in the last movie, and then in this movie, it's like he doesn't do anything the plot beats happen that's why i compare it to game of thrones the plot beats happen but there's none of the character work to make them matter so it's just like right. shit just happens at the end <laughs> like we haven't talked about the fact that this whole mo- the whole movie is about a stupid boring fake election to be supreme mugwump
1: <laughs> yeah what what is that why are the election being held, why are the elections being held in Bhutan and also why is this animal involved it's like little hippogriff it's not a hippogriff but it's like some animal and like she like as you said like wizard Bambi and she can look into the virtue of a candidate and choose the one who's most worthy yet they still have an election after what is the point of having a vote if like you have an animal that tells you who is the most virtuous
0: I think and and this is this is me trying to help out the movie because it's poorly explained. I think the idea is normally they have elections, but in the past they let stupid wizard Bambi decide, and because it's such a controversial election not that we see this, uh, because they say it's such a controversial election they're going to have Bambi do it again. Unfortunately uh, wizard Joe Biden has taken control of the voting machines and he's going to (laughs) steal the election from wizard donald trump
1: (laughs) oh that's uh, also another thing that kind of complicates the whole like grindelwald as hitler thing is that it seems like they kind of already have a hitler in germany like when they go into like wizard germany it looks like the fucking nazi regime like what are we looking for now
0: well this is it's it's so much of this movie is clearly like stuff that would have been spread out over 3 movies if these were doing well. So like if cuz it's clear that she was planning on doing just kind of straight parallel Hitler. So like um I imagine what's the famous false flag that the Nazis did?
1: Uh well, I forget the name of it, but when they burned down the Reichstag, yes, is that what you mean? Yes, yeah. and then they're
0: like, "Oh, the socialists did it," right? Yeah, 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 like I think that's what the fake assassination attempt is supposed to be, and that's what he, sub- I guess, uses as, as like it's. You're. I, I'm gonna be honest. The Wikipedia synopsis of this movie does a much better job of saying what's happening, <laughs> beat for beat, than the movie does. So I know that he uses the fake fake uh, assassination attempt as an excuse to kill the muggles however the assassination attempt is uh jacob a muggle um holding a wand that does magic but i thought muggles can't do magic so doesn't that prove wouldn't the- if they believed it that prove that he's whatever it doesn't fucking matter the the overall stuff is stupid and doesn't work
1: yeah you kind of you pull on any thread and it's like what Even in that assassination attempt, as you said, done by a muggle, which makes no sense. But also, if you look at the people around him as he, like, twirls his wand and, like, shit is flying around, like, some of the extras are just, like, walking in a leisurely pace. Like, you can't even (laughs) get, like, you can't even get the sense that this is real danger, really. I was just, like, disappointed by shoddy filmmaking in that scene so much. It was... I think that's what it is. I think, like, on paper, if you wrote it down in a Wikipedia entry, that's fine. Then you have the... Like then, but like the movie doesn't really express those ideas. I think is yeah. the problem.
0: The big battles are are boring. The the spell battles, they just go, you know, they just shoot a yeah. zappy. Do some fucking spells, you boring wizards.
1: But that, I feel like that's always that's kind of always been the problem with Harry Potter movies is that like yeah, like fighting with wands is dumb and silly, but like <laughs> they had a lot of other stuff around it to. And I was never a fan of the movies, to be honest, like, but it's just like they at least had a lot of stuff going on outside of it that made it worthwhile. Oh, I
0: did like um, the Ezra Miller-Jude Law fight because that had like, like, oh, buildings are going. But then it was, it was all... Yeah. He's all That was nice. Whatever. Like that visually looked cool. But like so most of the battles though are boring. And the thing is like um to spoil some of the 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 morbius conversation that that's a bad movie. But there are individual scenes where I'm like, "Oh, okay. This scene if it was in a better movie is fine." And just, like, on a scene-by-scene, moment-to-moment basis, this movie fails. Like, so we're introduced to Jessica Williams. uh, And her introduction is just, like, I'm using this word again, baffling. So Jacob's in his bakery...
1: Why is she, does she have a mid-Atlantic accent? Like, it was never explained, and it was never necessary. Sorry,
0: keep going. It's just old-timey. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah. It's um, so but she, like, She's talking like, like uh, Catherine Hepburn or something. Like, um, but, but like, uh, yeah, no. So, so Jacob's in his bakery, and he looks out the window, and Jessica Williams is sitting on a bench, and these men come over and... And they hassle Jessica Williams and, but then she's not scared because she's a, a witch and she's like, oh, you need to be scarier. And then they jump around and then Jacob comes out and she's like, uh, and he's like hey leave her alone and they go to attack Jacob and then she zaps the the guys and they fall down but then she reveals that oh haha they're just act- they're also wizards and they're all doing a trick to make Jacob come outside
1: yeah they it's not like they're Why? vampires they they are allowed to be l- like they're allowed to enter spaces without being invited. Like there's no reason.
0: She says something like, "Oh, you're you're such a brave man," as if she's like trying to like that. the I think the movie is trying to say that the reasoning of this is they have to sh- like prove that he's courageous, but like he's been in two movies. <laughs> what so the fuck is, is the point a of the scene? That
1: I feel like I decided. I, I I assumed that you were going to do all the research and I decided to be the person who did no research and came into this cult. So I was also confused by, like, this cast seems very, like, I don't know, compared to basically having a British star in every role in Harry Potter. Like, this cast seems, like, very, like low caliber don't you think
0: part of the idea was that this was kind of the American series and it was like uh, or they were going to travel to a bunch of different areas and so it was like Newt was the one in the first movie it's like Newt's the one British guy and all the other characters are American um, but then the movies didn't do well so now they keep going back to Hogwarts over and over again for 30 minute periods so the whole this this is the American um, Harry Potter series doesn't really work also I don't know if you know this but um, they cut the female lead from the series
1: was that like because is that the snake whatever is that Nagini? no that was no she like was
0: in the last one but <laughs> okay. uh the female lead is katherine watterson um, who plays queenie's sister and the love interest for newt um oh yeah she is only in in this movie, she is um, <laughs> she is a a photo that Newt has, and then at the very end of the movie, she appears, and he's like, "Oh, hey!" She appears. She deigns to come for her sister's wedding, and then the characters <laughs> are like, "Oh, you changed your hair," and that's it. Like, um, her sister has been. Uh, brainwashed and decided to work with wizard Hitler and her boyfriend is going to save, save the sister. And yet, uh, this character is like, I don't need to get involved with that. Um, it's baffling and a lot of people are trying to theorize why she's gone. Um, uh, she was Any one fun of theories well there is there is the one theory that she was outspoken uh she was one of the stars of this series who was most outspoken um in in uh uh, arguing against uh rowling's uh transphobic bullshit she posted an instagram thing that was very specifically and she posted an article and highlighted a quote that said you're not a real feminist if you don't care about all women which is a uh, direct um, attack on Rowling's uh, bullshit turf arguments, but um, mm. but then I've also seen people be like, "Well, this movie's like it filmed so long ago due to the uh, pandemic that like they already would have been the script already would have been pretty heavily written." when she made those comments and they would have been pretty deep into pre-production. So it's possible she's gone for a different reason. There was also, there was a big variety article about how much, what a disaster this series is. Look it up. It's fun. Um, <laughs> and they mentioned something like cutting out characters that audiences didn't like or something. I don't know. It's very bizarre. It's, it's so weird that she's not in this movie Going from movie one to this is baffling.
1: It is. That's what I was wondering when I mentioned sort of like the caliber of the stars in this movie. I wonder if we're heading towards like another like Woody Allen situation with J.K. Rowling Mm. where it's like only a few people who either like don't care or like are on our side or whatever it is like would like participate in these movies and then like everyone else kind of just stays away to avoid like, you know, uh, the heat of like having to explain why you're working with JK Rowling. Um, so I, maybe that's it. But yeah, it's, it's weird. I saw her in the credits and it took me a second to be like, who was she in the movie? I didn't <laughs> even like recognize her. And I was like, Oh, this is a familiar cause I was like, Reading through all the credits, and I was like, are there any actors of note that I missed? And I saw her, and it was just weird.
0: I'm curious. Weird, uh, what, weird, weird. What did Corey think of the movie?
1: Uh, He was also very
0: bored. <laughs> he just thought it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, We would look at each other once in a while and be like, what is going on?
0: What's even like the stuff that should be? I'm trying to think of things I liked. I, I, the one positive thing I wrote in my notes was I liked the, uh, hot, the dragon that's also a hot air balloon. I thought that was visually yeah, I
1: fun. Good creature designs. I actually, I would say my favorite scene in the movie was a newt, bo- uh, scene where they're doing like the, weird walk like to so that to like fool the crabs it's a very dumb scene but compared to everything else i've seen i was like okay this is silly and whimsical i kind of that kind of reminds me of like the old harry potter movies where you have to do like a very silly thing to get somewhere i was like yeah this is cute
0: yeah, I was still – that. that's in a whole prison sequence where his brother gets arrested for no reason, and then they go to the prison, but the prison appears to just be a place where prisoners are fed to a giant scorpion, a scorpion yeah. crab, for reasons like – What what were the rules in what were the rules in that place? Why were the lights sometimes going the when a person's lamp goes out? If your
1: light, if your light dims, that's when the or your light dies. That's when the scorpion pounces. But yes, they did break it a bunch of times in case you're curious.
0: Weird. I I had one other positive note, and I don't even remember what I, I meant by this. Helper creatures are cute.
1: Helper. Oh, because he had like little, like, um, uh, uh, like platypus and, uh, and they had their own Groot. Like They've the, been, the little, yeah. like, yeah.
0: The twig and the platypus that loves money, those are in, uh, those are in the first one. I, I assume the second one. And there is one joke, like, they have a little, char- a little bit of characterization in that the, uh, the, the plant guy is smarter and wants to help newt and the platypus does not give a shit and just likes money so there is one cute thing where they're flying through the sky and um the platypus reaches out its hand uh, seemingly to help the plant guy and the plant guy reaches out and then the platypus instead just grabs a piece of money out of the sky and lets the platypus fall and uh, lets the plant fall that was funny that's cute
1: does d five b with like an r two d
0: two who's just a dick? I think that's funny,
1: <laughs> okay uh, well, yeah, uh, oh, another thing I was confused about, like, are like why is Dumbledore recruiting these four people to because they're
0: the characters in this series? it there's no reason. why is this zookeeper running the show?
1: Why aren't you casting, like, McGonagall with, like, a famous person? I assume McGonagall eventually will be, like, an important part of it. And it's, like, a random woman. Yeah. Like, I have so many whys.
0: <laughs> I, did, I did read uh, some Harry Potter fans were like, McGonagall should not be alive yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also true. <laughs>
0: Apparently- yeah, I was trying to
1: remember how old Dumbledore was when he died. Uh, I think he was, like, over 120 years old, but I forget.
0: And he died in the 90s?
1: Well, so the books start in 95, right?
0: I'm so sorry I asked this question.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so he dies in book six. So it would either be 2001, when the towers fell, coincidence. Dumbledore's death,
0: truly the 9-11 of the wizarding world.
1: Dumbledore falls from the, uh, from the watchtower or the bell tower. Whatever, I am so excited
0: the, to get a spin off series about wizard, uh, uh, wizard Osama bin Laden, who's also somehow trying to stop 9 11 <laughs> because the movies make that no
1: <laughs> Again, like, even like the whole idea of Grindelwald, like, being all about raw, raw, pure blood. It's like, that's basically what Voldemort was about. Yeah. And, And Voldemort was at least, I don't know, he was a more interesting character. Uh, So it's just, it's basically kind of the same thing. But, and that's the thing, the last thing I want to say is that like, if you want to make a movie about Harry Potter lore from the past, why not just make a movie about the rise of... Voldemort the first time, like you have all the characters that the fans love. You can have like young Snape. You can have young Harry Potter's dad. Like that would basically be Harry Potter. Like, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that they keep bringing up. You would have like Mad Eye Moody back when he was like cool and sprightly and had both of his eyes and both of his legs. Like you, you have like all these characters that we have learned to love in the books, and you can just cast like younger versions of them. Like. And have them go on, again, a foretold adventure, because we know with Grindelwald, he doesn't succeed. We know what happens to Voldemort. It's kind of like the same, like, it's not like one is better than the other in terms of, like, being surprising to the audience. So why not at least invest in, like, a lot more characters that, like, the audience already knows in a story that they're, I would argue, more curious about than
0: this. I would say I would wish they didn't didn't do that. I think it's the Star Wars problem of like you have this big universe that could like you could tell any story you want in this world. Why why are we just looking at why are we just gonna follow Luke Skywalker's grandfather and fucking Harry Potter's Dumbledore's right. brother and
1: Well, I mean that's kinda like the Scream problem too, right? Like everyone has a problem. Scream to be related doesn't have a problem. It's a perfect guys.
0: franchise.
1: No, but I think, like, at least when I was reading the books, I was curious about what happened then. I actually, I don't know, Snape is probably one of my favorite characters. I wanted to see, like, young Snape be bad. Like, that would be way more interesting to me than, like, focusing on, like, because she kind of wants it both ways. She doesn't do what you are saying she should do which is like move it entirely into a different like wizarding world world like she still is trying to tie it into the harry potter stuff so why not tie it into the more interesting stuff as opposed to this like you can still have dumbledore be in love with grindelwald there too like it was still happening there like there's no reason not to do it then but you don't need to like shoehorn in another hitler-like villain Like, why?
0: I think, I mean, the young story of Grindelwald and... Dumbledore like uh, coming at odds basically what the first class, X-Men first class series should have been that could have been interesting but then you have the problem is that they refuse to put any literal gay content on screen so it is like I, I, I compared it to Star Wars recently and then I forgot like oh it's exactly like Star Wars because literally the Star Wars prequels are Lucas like retelling the rise of Hitler through Emperor Palpatine so I don't know why all these series are like, we got to do a prequel where Hitler comes to power. But like, I feel like you could stick with Newt Scamander. You could eventually do a World War II story, but he doesn't have to be the one to fight Hitler. Think of all the World War II movies that exist where the main character doesn't literally fight Hitler. You could just do Wizards at War if you want to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like you want to do Hitler, like do Hitler. You want to do fun creatures, do fun creatures like just don't make them like why do these movies have to be five parts why could they not just be five separate movies set in the world of the wizarding world like one of them could be about new looking for exotic animals and it could be like an indiana jones movie and one of them could be like an american uh, like wizarding school and maybe that could be like clueless or something and then like we could have like the you know like the hitler movie and that could be something else but like why do we need to stretch out? Like, this movie felt like it was, like you said, it's like, on the one hand, they want to end things, but then they are not sure. So it's sort of like in the middle of this five movie series that might might or might not happen. But it's like, do you have five movies worth of story there? Like, you can just make keep making like standalone like fun genre stuff I feel like that would be so much more interesting
0: I think there's there's a huge uh, subgenre of war movies or, or war novels war stories were war TV shows that are about like it starts in the, the golden pre-war days and you introduce a bunch of characters and then w- like the, the war starts to come and we see how they're all kind of separated by war over time and how like oh this person goes to fight, this person stays at the homestead, yada yada. And I think that mm-hmm. could have worked. Clearly like Rowling, in her shitty, turfy, neoliberal way is concerned about the rise of far-right populism in the world today. Like, And that's what she's trying to do with this movie. So I think you could have done something where it's like, oh, these fun characters live in a fun time, and then Wizard Hitler comes to power, and then at the end they go, like, Wizard Hitler is defeated off screen some of our like our characters go through war and then at the end they go well we need to learn to never do that again and it's like the you know like that could have happened it's just this series sucks the question (laughs) my question for you Veronica will there be a fourth one
1: uh I I mean I guess I wonder how this does globally because I feel like that's what at this point Warner Brothers cares about so like if It makes enough money internationally. And if people still go to the Harry Potter parks and are interested in all the merch of the cute animals and stuff, they would make another one. Also, I don't know. Maybe they'll acquit Johnny Depp or whatever. Like there is a trial of his happening. (laughs) Maybe they'll bring him back for the next one. Maybe they'll keep (laughs) replacing Grindelwald. I don't know. Like. Like I think
0: they should cast uh, Amber Heard to play Grindelwald. Really piss off the Johnny <laughs> Depp fans.
1: I also do think that maybe J.K. Rowling needs a writing partner when it comes to screenwriting. I she think had she one is, on like, this
0: one. This time she had one.
1: Yeah, Daniel Kloves, who wrote Steve like the Kloves. other Harry Potter one. Steve Kloves. Sorry, not Daniel Cloves, no, yeah, not her the Ghost partner World guy. was
0: Daniel Klaus, the, uh, <laughs> the author of Ghost World. <laughs>
1: uh anyway uh you know what i meant uh i just maybe someone else maybe like someone who is less deferential to her i don't know i feel like she she needs to maybe like and she writes i mean she still like writes really well like her personal foibles aside i like her like the detective books she writes she still writes decent books it's just like i don't know maybe maybe just screenwriting is not, is not her thing.
0: Yeah. I, so this movie is, is seeing a huge uh, drop from the previous film, both, uh, uh, uh domestically and internationally. But I think even more, I think they're going to decide that this franchise hurts the Harry Potter franchise in general. And I think they're just going to do their best to cut ties. I mean, a lot of this has to do with what JK Rowling will let them do. Like I, right. I don't think she's the type of person to allow them to be like, hey, you will make more money if you publicly separate yourself from this. If you let us start a new thing that you're not involved with creatively, we'll just give you money, and you will keep getting money. I would imagine a she doesn't need any money, and b she's no. too stubborn and proud to allow that to happen because this is clearly not someone who uh, is open-minded and and you know uh, can <laughs> take in new information well, um, but. Yeah, I, I think this series is done, and I will not miss it. But you know what? Uh, it's also done in our conversation, All right? You got anything wow. else to say?
1: Well, should we grade it?
0: I cowardly backed Ooh, I off do- of my segue.
1: <laughs> I, I do I do want to say one thing, though, uh, is that I hope that if they do stop this, they invest their resources in actually making, like, a Game of Thrones-like version of Harry Potter. Like, just invest a ton of money in retelling, like, each season as a book, and you give it a huge budget, and you make it, like, actually good, as opposed to the movies, which were at best mediocre. <laughs> the Alfonso Cuaron one aside.
0: And uh, I, I think that, that money should go to feeding the hungry. Um, but, you know, of we course. each have different <laughs> priorities.
1: <laughs> the hungry for Harry Potter content.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> D- are you going grade to th- grade, uh, grade this? yes, all right. all right uh uh three, two three two w- 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 one
1: w- d plus <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: oh, I was gonna go c, so we're, we're I'm wow. not one away, but you know what, fuck it i care more I care more about our traditions than this movie, so I, I'll move it to a c minus
1: <laughs> all right, I'm sorry, yeah, I was like I was oscillating <laughs> between a c minus and a d plus, and I was like. I don't want to give this a C of any kind.
0: All right. Well, uh, to wrap things up, I I literally... I just looked up my phone and just saw, uh, today is, uh, the 19th uh, Tuesday. Just saw the headline that Ezra Miller was arrested again in Hawaii last night, the second time. Oh, wow. In a few weeks. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm holding to my bet that there won't be another one of these movies. Um,
1: <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what. I mean, he, he, spoiler alert, died. So,
0: uh, the character, I, I think Ezra Miller goes by they. Um uh, Oh yeah, sorry, yes. yes they um yeah no they very much wrote it so that they can bring Ezra Miller back if they want to, but also maybe that character dies off screen. Um
1: <laughs>
0: But okay, so we dies
1: in a Hawaiian prison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe uh Credence, I believe the character's name, maybe Credence will die and return as a vampire, like the star of our next film, Morbius. (laughs) Veronica, (laughs) what's your history with Dr. Michael Morbius?
1: Uh, I did not know it was a thing I, until our last episode where you made me look up what movies are going to come up in the next two weeks. And I was like something called morpheus Wait a minute.
0: So you, you they, this movie has been daring to come out for like what feels like 18 years. Uh, so you didn't see any of the pre, like pre-release for its initial uh, release in 2020.
1: I don't think so I think I missed it to be honest like when it comes to like comic book content at this point I sort of just like let it sort of wash over me without absorbing anything because I'm like if I need to watch it for this podcast I will if it's good enough that I actually feel like I need to watch it I will but I'm not gonna care about some like my nude comic book drama that truly i couldn't be bothered with
0: like wow you call yourself a film fan and yet you were not following the development and production of morbius i just don't even know what to say but i'm
1: sorry for- should we cancel the podcast
0: no it's okay we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later uh we'll, we'll see how uh, the international box office goes for the podcast um, but uh For anyone who, like Veronica, somehow does not know what this movie was, Uh, I could already say in past tense because it's already vanished from the planet. (laughs) But it's interesting enough to still talk about because Morbius. So you argue. (laughs) Morbius is a tertiary Spider Man villain. Um uh created in the spider-man comics in i would look it up but i don't care uh, decades ago (laughs) and um was a villain who then eventually became kind of an anti-hero and and did uh uh did stories with blade whatever but not like this is not venom we're talking about this is a much lower spider-man character the reason this movie exists is because sony Sony Pictures still owns the rights to all of the Spider-Man characters. And that includes Spider-Man, but also any character introduced in a Spider-Man comic. Now, Sony wants to make Marvel movies and make money. And they have their deal with Disney and Marvel Studios to release uh, Spider-Man movies together. But they have decided to also try to create a universe... Of the other Spider-Man characters. That's why we have a Venom movie. That's why we have this movie. That's why they're going to try to make a Madam Web movie starring Dakota Johnson for some reason. Because those are the characters they have access to. They were trying this before in the Andrew Garfield series. They were going to make a whole Sinister Six franchise. Um It's a stupid idea. No one wants to see these spinoff movies. However... A broken clock is is right twice. Or wait, what's the question? The,
1: a broken clock is right once a day or twice a day. A
0: broken clock is a broken clock is right twice a day, and those two times were Venom One and Venom Two, because somehow those movies made a shitload of money. Their next attempt, Morbius, did not make that much money because no one wanted it. This is I w- yeah.
1: I would argue it probably cost less too. So maybe it was good for them. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs>
0: uh, this movie costs on Wikipedia says 75 to 83 million. I love that range. Um, and it is so f- <laughs> so far made back.
1: Such an affordable movie.
0: <laughs> so far made back 146. So depending on uh, marketing, and remember, they had to do marketing for this movie about four different times because of the pandemic. <laughs> Uh, it's very likely this movie is not yet profitable. Um, But yeah, so Morbius is a doctor who becomes a living vampire, which means he's a vampire, but not a ghost vampire. He's not dead. He's just got vampire bat powers. Whatever. Who cares? That's what they had (laughs) to work with. And I'll be honest, a movie about a vampire superhero... Sounds fun And this movie sucks Spoil- Spoilers for my opinion It's not good But for, uh, 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 Mostly in the first half There were scenes that I enjoyed As a campy Supernatural super movie I enjoyed say the opening sequence Where he goes To a spooky cave And a bunch of bats swarm around him Like that was campy and fun I did not have a problem with that There weren't enough Uh, of scenes I enjoyed. uh,
1: (laughs) I feel like my experience watching Morbius, as far as I remember, because it was like three weeks ago, uh, was that I was like, oh, this is just boring. Like, I I was expecting for it to be terrible because the reviews Mm -hmm. all made it seem like it was the worst movie in the world. And it was just a very unnecessary movie. I, to be honest, until kind of the last act, I couldn't point at anything and say that it was necessarily, like, incompetent in, like, atrocious ways that would, like, require this level of vitriol. And then, like, by the end, I was mostly confused because the ending makes absolutely no fucking sense. But we'll get to that, I suppose. <laughs>
0: there, yeah... Uh, there were, you know, the knives were out, so to speak, for this movie. Um, and there's a hilarious Hollywood Reporter, I think, op-ed of this guy who was like, oh, "Do yeah. people even like movies?" It's like they didn't want Morbius to be good, and it's like, like I go into movies hoping they're good, and it's like, no, dude. The trailers for this was terrible and people didn't expect this to be good because they didn't want it. People don't like the idea that <laughs> these studios are just shoveling shit at them. Be like, you'll watch this, right? You'll you'll go see a Spider-Man movie with no Spider-Man and a, a, a an anti-hero no one cares about. You'll go to see that, right? Like, people don't also, like, like that feeling.
1: The whole idea of like... It's like such a the whole idea of people wanting to root against movies is so bizarre. It's like it's one of those like comic book fanboy culture things that I hate is the fact that you have this like symbiotic relationship where you think that you do. Oh, no, parasocial relationship is what I'm looking for with comic books to, to, or with like franchises to the point that you're rooting for your foes to fail, like, Who gives a shit? These are all produced by giant studios who care about nothing more than their money. Like, why why are you, like, Team Marvel? And why are you Team DC? Why can you not enjoy both of those franchises if we choose to? Or, like, why do you need to root for the other one to fail for you to feel better about yourself? It's so fucked up. No adult goes into a movie theater hoping that this movie sucks. Like, it's such a bad premise. (laughs)
0: It's, um... So I also I, I think we've talked about this um, on the podcast a lot. Like I I am baffled by the people who like yeah there were tons of people on Twitter who were like the people who were furious that Spider Man No Way Home wasn't nominated for Best Picture and the people who were like furious <laughs> that someone would deign to give like a a three and a half star rating to the Batman instead of four stars like those people are psychotic and this or the
1: people who voted in mass for the. Flag. <laughs> Like to be. Well, that is the, the most
0: crowd-cheering moment in cinema history. The Flash oh, did anyway. enter the Speed Force and then get arrested in Hawaii twice. Because
1: um, <laughs> uh, he was speeding.
0: <laughs> it's a laid-back island. You can't drive that fast. Um, That's true. But uh but like this piece, the Hollywood Reporter piece, tries to be like tries to use that language of being like, yeah, it sucks when people like take sides against movies. But this is a bad example. Like the, this person, uh, the article, if you want to read it, it's hilarious, is called Morbius and when the critical consensus bites. Um, there's nothing wrong with legitimate criticism or not liking a movie, but the reaction to the poorly reviewed Jared Leto started months before, months before it even opened. Yes. People did not want this movie or like the idea of it. Um, the reaction surrounding Morbius has left me somewhat disillusioned by the notions of subjectivity and giving films their fair shot. No, it's that people fee- can tell when it's a dumb cash grab. And this was a dumb cash grab from moment one. Um, anyway, the movie itself. I actually have a lot of notes because there were a <laughs> lot of funny scenes in it. But it is not as truly terrible. It's not like a fun, terrible movie. Like, don't go watch it expecting that. It's more, it starts out being fun and mediocre uh, and a little campy, but then clearly huge subplots were cut out of this movie. Because the sec. it just, as it goes, it makes less and less sense. And why <laughs> characters are doing what they're doing makes less and less sense. And there's, you know, theories that they have Jared Harris playing a role of, like, two scenes, and then he dies, and clearly- He's we're, too
1: good for this movie. Well, clearly too good we're for supposed to movie.
0: care. And then, like, people have said that um, originally he worked at Oscorp, which is the, the Green Goblin's place, and that that was going to connect right. into Spider-Man uh, stories, yada, yada, yada. I, people were theorizing maybe the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I don't know. But- you know, some people theorize that because this, the studio realized this movie sucked and they were like, you know what, disconnect it from uh, uh, from the Andrew Garfield stuff or whatever. I don't know. But one of the only good things in this movie, um, like consistently good things in this movie, is the Matt Smith performance. Uh, Matt yeah, Smith of, he's good. of like Doctor Who fame. He's... He is hamming it the fuck up. Basically, uh, he played um, – he did the American Psycho uh, uh, musical on stage as Patrick Bateman. And he is basically playing a sick man who gets vampire powers so he just becomes Patrick Bateman. And he is having <laughs> a lot of fun. Unfortunately – So much of this movie is was either just not written, not shot, or cut out That I have (laughs) no idea why this character is just suddenly like, I'm the bad guy now Right,
1: yeah, I think, like, they're trying to say something at some point About how, like, now this is our time, we want to seize it And, like, it doesn't matter that we have to, like Like, they're not even really villains, villains until like, because the whole thing is that like, by virtue of being vampires, they have to drink human blood and that sort Mm -hmm. of makes them villainous, I suppose. But there's nothing they don't have. And maybe they should. They don't have an overarching goal in mind it doesn't seem like their their entire goal is just to survive i guess so yeah it's sort of like yeah it's not clear entirely what he wants it's not entirely clear how anything that he does like any of the villainy that he does gets him to wherever it is that he needs to be um yeah it's kind of pretty odd i will say his character uh makeup or effects when he's a vampire is very cool too. I, I felt like the effects were sort of all over the place really in terms of quality, but I felt that the way that they gave him like these like sunken cheeks, mm-hmm. uh, it was very cool and sort of like startling. Cause I don't think I've seen that kind of vampire design before the way that like, they had more be as designed. He very much looked like a vampire from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It felt like no time has passed in terms of just like advancement and vampire like makeup. And he also kind of looked like Bill Hader anytime he like turned into <laughs> a vampire to me, uh, which was pretty funny. Wait, is that
0: Jared Leto or Matt? Yeah, Matt Jared Sled? Leto. Is it Leto or Leto? I always said Should Leto, I
1: but I don't know if that is true.
0: <laughs> we'll call it, call him Jared Harris. So there's two Jared Harris, Jareds. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused.
1: But hold on, he's also Jared.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. There's two Jareds. We'll just call them both Jared Harris. Okay. That won't confuse things at all. Uh, no, I'll, I'll call him Lido. Whatever. Who cares? I'll call him Duke Lido from Dune. Um, uh, I so the the um, the makeup on Morbius on Jared Lido's character when he turns vampire is almost a perfect encapsulation of the comic design. Mm. Um I think the comic design looks a little silly though. So he looks silly. His nose is like upturned in a weird way. But like I think that is actually part of the problem is what they chose to make exactly like the comics. So so this is a story about you have these at its core two two men from from childhood they've had a terrible illness one of them becomes a scientist and is trying to kill, uh, cure the illness before they both die he finds a cure unfortunately and it turns him super powerful however it also makes him evil uh the other guy wants the cure he does it he becomes evil and doesn't care that he's evil while the first guy's like no we can't be evil yada 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 we've seen variations on this story before mm-hmm. sure But there is a weird thing where in any story like that or in any vampire story, when someone becomes a vampire, there's usually some sequences where they like enjoy becoming a vampire or any kind of like cursed, like the fly. The scenes where Jeff Goldblum's like, oh, look at me. I'm on the ceiling. Isn't it cool? I'm so strong and I'm ripped now. Right. You know, before his fingernails start falling out. (laughs) Um but we don't get that here because of they take the direct uh uh origin story from the first few issues with Morbius, where the moment he turns into a vampire, he kills a bunch of dudes. <laughs> he kills a bunch of dudes on the on a boat. And the movie tries to make it clear that like, don't worry, these are bad dudes. Um but like they have a problem where they do that from moment one. But they want him to be a sympathetic anti-hero because they're trying to turn this like villain into a guy who could lead his own franchise. So he has to instantly feel terrible about being a vampire. Mm-hmm. So we don't have like, you'd expect there to be scenes where like the two of them are vampires and having fun, but then we start to see how like the Matt Smith character like takes it too far or something right. but we just do not have that so instead Jared Leto's like I shouldn't be a vampire and then Matt Smith is like haha off screen I became a vampire tricked you and then Jared Leto's like oh no I'm gonna stop you and Matt Smith's like well I'm a super villain now so
1: that reveal it, it just, was so bad Because they were trying to do The usual do, suspects yeah, reveal they were trying to do a usual suspects But it wasn't clear enough That like, like his walk did not change significantly enough For it to actually have that effect And also I think they revealed another thing right before it So it wasn't even like that surprising So it was just, come on You, you can do this This you should be able to do also, I love that Matt Smith's shoes never changed. He wore these, like, very dorky New Balances back when he was, like, almost dying. And even when he became the Patrick Bateman vampire, he still, like, had, like, these super... He was, like, driving a Porsche or some shit, but then he, like, still wears, like, dorky New Balances. <laughs> that was, like, well, such a, a weird about detail. about as much
0: characterization the script gave him, so he had to keep his uh his It was just, balances. like, such a
1: funny detail that I noticed that made me laugh
0: <laughs> Here, here's a thing that made me really laugh um, <laughs> and tell me is is this an example of uh, stu- stuff was cut from the movie or is this just an example of stupid writing so at one point towards like uh, two thirds of the way through the movie Matt Smith wants to. He's a he's a powerful vampire now, and he wants to fight uh, Jared Leto. He wants to fight Morbius, but Morbius is kind of in hiding because the last time they fought, I guess Matt Smith was stronger. I don't know, but <laughs> so Matt Smith needs to get Morbius to come out of hiding. So what he does is he takes Jared Harris hostage to lure Morbius out. So then when Morbius is out, he can then go and take the female lead hostage to lure Morbius out. (laughs) What the fuck is that plan? That is the stupidest, most redundant plan in the world. He took one hostage to give him space to take another hostage to give him space to fight. Why? What (laughs) happened in the production of this movie that that is a a sequence of events that takes place? Well,
1: it's little known in the industry, but I will tell you a secret (laughs) that Matt Smith has a rider to his contract (laughs) that says that he has to kidnap at least two hostages per movie or else he gets paid $2 trillion. So, you know, Sony just had very good accountants. And they... (laughs) Yeah, he's like...
0: He, he's like, I prefer it when Doctor Who had two companions, so I want two hostages. But they should not be at the same time. I, the other thing that I, that made me laugh so hard, um, uh, so in this movie, we have a completely useless storyline of two detectives played by <laughs> Tyrese and Al Madrigal, who are investigating the Morbius also, stuff. Also, like, two they funny
1: are, car- two funny actors who, like, know how to play funny with zero funny lines or charisma.
0: It is. Yeah. They have no jokes, but also the worst police work. Oh, of course ever. (laughs) They in the first scene. So they find all the people that when Morbius first becomes a vampire on a boat and kills a bunch of army dudes who are on the boat, they find, you know, the, all the, all the dead bodies on the boat. And, Uh, Madrigal goes to um, Morbius's uh, girlfriend who was also she was the one survivor on the boat and he goes to her and he goes so all those bodies had holes in their in their necks almost like vampire fangs know anything about that? And I'm like, wait a minute, do you know anything about that? <laughs> At this point, there has been nothing vampire related in the movie. You're jumped. I mean, it's a good hunch, dude. But why, why are you talking to her as if you already know what this movie is about?
1: I mean, yeah, maybe there's a cut scene where he got like a, a quick primer. But yeah, I mean, this movie is so bad with the way that it discloses information. I think there are at least two scenes where they have news anchors basically making the least realistic <laughs> news, like uh, like, newscasts ever. Like, there's one where it's like, well we have our sources from the police that tell us that there's a vampire on the loose and then there's like uh, a footage of it but they tell us that it's a wrong vampire or something like that it's literally...
0: That part was insane. So the one thing that I definitely think was cut out of this movie is that at one point Jared, Jared Harris accuses... When Matt Smith takes him hostage Jared Harris accuses Matt Smith of trying to ruin Morbius's name and frame him and that has just not been well demonstrated in the movie eventually like we find out that like he killed this nurse but like whatever so they are the The police are and the news are all trying to find Morbius and I want to get back to the whole being a fugitive thing in a second but they're looking for him and then the police are like wait a minute we found the security camera footage that shows that it wasn't Morbius it was this guy Matt Smith and then like you said the news is like Morbius is on the loose however we have a source that says this guy it's not like this guy might be involved it's the footage where if you rewound it two seconds you'd see (laughs) Matt Smith kill the victim So it's like, why are you even still mentioning Morbius? It's clearly this dude. But like... Yeah.
1: Why are you... You have the footage. Like, you have all the information. Why do you need to give us the misdirects for no
0: reason? These... These are the worst police officers ever. They just, they know that the female lead is involved. She exits the hospital. They just let her go home. Then they're just like, okay, let's follow her. And they're just randomly following her. You're you're the police. Like, just go meet her at her house. They're chasing her. She avoids them by getting on a bus. And then we get the stupidest moment of the movie, possibly, that Morbius is just, on that bus like she sits it's one of those scenes where like she sits down on a bus and he's got a hoodie over his head and he's like hey it's me and it's like yeah you see that in normal movies but in normal movies when that scene happens of like the character like the character on the run sneaks up to talk to the other character The other character is in a location that they would normally be that the fugitive character (laughs) would know to find them at. How did he know she was on that bus? She was just running away from police officers and happened to jump on this bus. And then he just happened to be there.
1: Yeah, there's no, no like scene of him following her or anything like that so that he would know where she was. There's actually a very good version of this in the, in the show Slow Horses. Have you seen Slow I Horses? Not. It's on Apple TV. It's quite good. But there is a scene where this guy, like a spy is following his target and his target keeps like avoiding him and avoiding him and avoiding him. He like takes the bus. He takes the bus to the other side and it's all that stuff. And you, almost sense like the spy is about to lose him and then like the guy like takes like his last sort of like decoy bus and he sits down he like breathes and he's like oh finally i'm here and then the camera pans and the spy is right behind him so he like he caught up with him but it's kind of surprising and it's kind of cool because you like saw him follow him so then it's like a good satisfying ending here it was just like Oh, OK, I guess in movies like this, like there would be like a secret meetup on a bus. Let's not go through the trouble of actually making it make sense. Let's just like have her be on a bus and have him be on the bus. too.
0: It's I wonder if maybe there's a scene that they talked about meeting up. I don't know. But as it plays, she seems to just coincidentally get on that bus. And then the two of them. Just go to a restaurant together. They are both wanted fugitives. He is famous for rejecting the Nobel Prize, although he flew to get it and then, and then rejected it as opposed to just being like, no thanks. I don't want it when they nominated him. <laughs> Whatever. Um, there's a lot of dumb stuff in this movie. The dumbest is, of course, the ending. I'll save that for last. We could get to the absolute insanity that is the credit sequences of this film. But I want to go. Let me just go through some of these notes as some of the other insane bullshit. Um, Do you remember when they first we first meet the female lead? uh, Morbius and the female lead. I should look up the character's name of the actress. The actress is Adria Arjona plays Martine Bancroft. Sorry. How did I forget that name? That's a great name. Um, when we first meet Martine Bancroft, she and Michael Morbius are helping care for children who have the same disease as Morbius, including a little girl. And that little girl, uh, we meet her. We have a whole scene with her. She's very cute. Then she goes into a coma, which helps inspire Morbius to test the whole thing on himself. Great. What happened to the little girl?
1: Uh well there was like one extra scene that he comes to visit her I think
0: I was there uh, I don't think so yeah. I don't think she ever comes back
1: No 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 there I think there's another scene where he like he's trying to avoid the police or something like that so he goes to visit her for some reason it it didn't make any more sense than that. Like it didn't add anything to the story, but yeah, there is like an extra scene where he comes back to the hospital.
0: I remember uh, Well, maybe, uh, does she ever get out of the coma? Uh,
1: I don't know. She was definitely in her bed still. I think he like sits next to her bed.
0: Oh yeah. Maybe that's it. But Yeah. No, is. she, I guess she's just still in a coma. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, little girl. Uh, well, I guess we can't turn her into a vampire, although I, I, that'd be fun. A little like interview with the vampire Kirsten Dunst character. Um, <laughs> uh, what else do I have here? Anything else that interesting? How the fuck did he get on that bus? I already said that. Um, I have something called the coffee test. Oh, yeah. When they go to the restaurant, she gives him coffee and he's like, is it? I I just didn't even understand that he prett. She drinks it. Like, did she put holy water in the coffee?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't remember this part at all. There's a so, weird thing where he drinks you.
0: the coffee and he goes, "Blah, just kidding. I'm fine." And I I don't even know what was happening.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not sure what it is.
0: That's cool. a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. I, As I, I said, have, I was
1: bored through most of this.
0: I have my here, mind might have wandered. What the hell was the ending? And I'm not. I'm. Oops, sorry.
1: Ugh.
0: I have here uh, so
1: outraged.
0: I have here. Yeah, I'm dropping my shit. I have here. What the hell was the ending? And I'm not talking about the credit stuff. That's insane. But the ending itself. And I'm reading the Wikipedia to try to remember it. I just. Re- oh,
1: can I freshen your memory? Please, because please. my thing. So basically, somehow they end up in this cave mad smith and morbius they end up in a cave i thought they were on a roof no but eventually they go it, they fall into some crevice oh, okay. or like yeah, some yeah, yeah. like some underground thing and then uh uh and then basically morbius is close to dying but then he's somehow able to summon a bunch of bats which it, it was never explained how he can control bats <laughs> and all those bats engulf Matt Smith and i think they like put him on a spike or something and that's how he dies
0: yeah well they give him the 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 cure for the cure they give him the the thing that that stops the vampire stuff and kills him but it's also like there's a whole thing where
1: hold on who gives him what
0: uh, uh, Mor- morbius gives him the uh, the anticoagulant, which kills him.
1: Oh, yeah, he gives him, oh, maybe, whatever. I was so confused by the bats. It's like, how, how, why are bats, like, are bats famous for helping vampires? Like, how does he control bats? Like, why, why are there so many bats? I was just, it was, it felt like such a, I, I know that they were like, "Wow, this will blow people away. <laughs> we have... We're going to fly all these bats, and it's going to be a big visual thing, and they're going to, like, kill this guy. Yeah, because we've like,
0: never seen a superhero movie that featured a lot of bats before. There is just no oh, other super, superhero that uses bat imagery that I can think cause, of.
1: Because I was, like, trying to figure out, like, it's not like they... Aside from the beginning of the movie when he takes, you know, like, bat DNA or whatever and injects it into him, there's no indication that he has any affinity with the bat at all. Like, why, like, why is that the deus ex machina of this movie of, like, him just summoning a bunch of bats? It was just. I was so confused by it. It was so stupid. Yeah,
0: and then the girlfriend also becomes a vampire, but just in a close up of her eyes. It just also—I think it was mostly because just weirdly she, edited because he drinks her blood.
1: No, no, she like very sexually yes. bites his lip, and then she gets like one drop of his blood, and that makes her a vampire. Which but, but I But she also fine, she
0: offers she's dying and offers herself to give him strength so he can fight. Matt yes, Spiff. yes, yes.
1: But that's not. That's not how, like, him drinking her blood is not supposed to do anything in the vampire, the transition to vampire process. Like, the whole idea is that you're supposed to drink the blood of a vampire, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: And she barely did that, but... It was like, it felt like, okay, we don't want to have her, like, really, like, drink his blood, so we're just gonna, like, very sexily have her, like, bite his lip, but it was, like, so stupid. It felt like (laughs) something out of, like, I don't know, like, a 30 seconds to Mars video or some shit.
0: Yeah, This is uh, this is the, the last two sentences of the Wikipedia synopsis. Morbius confronts Milo and summons an army of bats to restrain him and inject the coag- anticoagulant. Milo dies and Morbius... The whole Milo name thing is, by the way, insane. Uh, Matt Smith's character <laughs> is named Lucian, I think? And then in the first scene, he's just like, I'm gonna call you Milo. And then he just did for the rest of the movie. Even when they're adults. Um,
1: is that abuse? That seems abusive-ish. Well,
0: it's just set up that kids keep dying at that hospital so he doesn't choose to learn their name (laughs) but like why would this character stick with that name i just don't know why the movie made that choice he just for the rest of his life kept the name of a dead boy he never met um right but whatever uh Let's it it ends stupidly, but then the credits happen and I am (laughs) going to attempt to describe what happens in the credits as best I can. And, uh, uh, you're going to have to keep in mind the behind the scenes stuff about Sony trying to make these Spider-Man free Spider-Man movies work, because that's the only way this makes sense. They are trying to cling nope. to as much of the Marvel Studios stuff as they can, and they're doing a bad job at- of it. So in the credits, we have two post-credit scenes. First, we see... um a uh, effect from Spider-Man No Way Home, where, like, the the portals are opening up, only it appears to be done, like, in a bootleg style with much less time, so it looks bad. Um, Then we see Michael Keaton's villain from the first MCU Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, the Vulture. He is sitting in prison, and then he gets teleported to... The Morbius universe, which is also the Venom universe, he gets teleported into the cell. His first thought isn't "Holy shit, what just happened?" Instead, he goes, "I hope the food's better in this joint." We then cut to a news report <laughs> where the reporter okay. a
1: second amazing news report <laughs> where
0: the reporter says. <laughs> A man named Adrian Toomes just appeared in a prison cell. Uh, We've had they've had an emergency hearing because they don't know who he is. They've let him go, so he walks out. Um, that ends. Then at the end, can I
1: describe the second one? Please, all you, all you. (laughs) Uh, so in the second one, Jared Leto is recording his Lincoln car commercial. (laughs) He's like driving through some like dark you know, desert roads and he chances upon like uh I think it's like some sort of uh like a barn or something. Anyway, he stops in the middle of nowhere and lo and behold, who does he see by but, but to me just like sort of like a metal bird-looking thing. I, like, I didn't <laughs> watch those movies. So I was like, who is this bird? And then, like, the voice of Michael Keaton says, like, ah, oh, Morbius looks like both of us have uh, have a vendetta against Spider-Man. I'm paraphrasing. So looks like we can join forces against him. And then, and then Morbius, I think, says, okay. And then we cut to black. I
0: believe he says, uh... In, intriguing, or I'm interested, but like actually, I, the, the Michael Keaton dialogue is more insane. And also, uh, uh, we don't see his face because Michael Keaton was clearly not on set. Uh, so a stunt double with Michael Keaton's voice says, um, "says I don't know how I got to this place, meeting this dimension. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I got to this place, but I think it has something to do with Spider Man." Why would he think that? Um, No. I think you and I should work together to get Spider-Man. Morbius doesn't know who Spider-Man is, but he says, yeah, sure. There are so many things that make no sense about this. So Adrian Tubes is wearing his full Vulture costume, which if if you see the first Spider-Man movie, the MCU Vulture got his Vulture suit By rebuilding, like working on alien technology that was left over from the first Avengers movie. So how did he build this set, this suit in this new dimension that didn't have an Avengers movie? Who the fuck knows? Why would he build this suit? Why would he go after Spider-Man? Why would he think Spider-Man is connected? It does not make sense. I
1: also why why Morbius cares about Spider-Man like he has even if he just wanted to fight what is this beef with Spider-Man like how did he even get an invitation to meet this man in the middle of nowhere like why
0: why would the vulture okay you've been teleported to a new dimension and it's like yours but slightly different your first thought is hey boy, I want to beat up the li- that little kid, <laughs> that high schooler um, that I met a few <laughs> years ago in my dimension. So I guess I better introduce myself to a vampire man. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Here's what I think happened. And this is tons of people <laughs> have guesses. Because I don't know, you clearly were not following the development of this movie, but the initial nope. trailers for this film had a different michael keaton scene
1: oh where they are
0: in prison and morbius sees michael keaton and michael keaton says something like hey i think you and i should have a talk later or you and i should be friends or something they're talking in is prison is that the
1: same piece of dialogue did they just like like shoehorn it into the actual end credits or does he say something different
0: no I, I, it's something like it's like, it's it's just a quick line that's just like that's just like I think you and I have a lot to talk about or something um hmm. so then also in that initial trailer, there was a shot of uh morbius um uh in his like i escaped from prison costume uh running <laughs> through an alleyway like his orange jumpsuit, suit running through an alleyway where there is graffiti of Spider man with the graffiti murderer written over it. Ooh. And in that trailer, there was the scene where he um, he says, oh, I'm Venom. Just kidding. I'm Morbius. So the Morbius <sighs> film was always going to take place in the same dimension as uh, Venom. What I think Sony tried to do is I think they they own Adrian Toomes, They own the Michael Keaton character. I think they were just going to say, yeah. Morbius and Venom, I think they're like Venom made enough movie, made enough money, I think Marvel's gonna let us connect the universes so they, it only makes sense if Morbius (laughs) was in the Spider-Man MCU universe he goes to jail, because he does in this movie, he goes to jail he meets um, Michael Keaton, then when he gets out he runs by the graffiti which says murderer, which connects to the MCU Spider-Man movie where he uh, is accused of killing um, Jake Gyllenhaal's movie. My guess is that they shot those scenes and then someone made the decision no, no, these are not connected. <laughs> Because the other weird thing was at the end of Venom 2, there's a post credit scene where Venom teleports to the MCU universe. Then at the end of Ooh. Spider-Man No Way Home, there is a completely weird post credit scene where Venom is just in a bar and then he teleports back home. It's it. He doesn't get involved in the Spider-Man uh, story at all. I think
1: scintillating stuff. (laughs) I
0: think they were they were trying to say Venom is in the Venom has teleported to the MCU and Morbius has always been in the MCU. And then someone was like, no fucking way and put a stop to it. I don't know who that is. It could have been Sony being like, let's disconnect from the MCU and do our own thing and maybe we'll put him in. Uh, the Gar- the Andrew Garfield universe I don't know, but all I know is What is on the screen could Not have been the plan Because, first of <laughs> all, we saw that there were Reshoots, we saw that the scenes are completely different And also, it makes No fucking sense, the Venom Post-credit scene in Spider-Man No Way Home Makes no sense, nothing in this movie Makes sense, and the story In both this and Fantastic Beasts Why I thought it would actually work To connect these movies, the story Of the studio legal wrangling of people fighting over these franchises that are worth so much money and just trying to find ways of different studios keep making money off of these properties and trying to come up with like stories that almost make sense to do what they think works financially like that stuff that behind the scenes stuff is so fascinating and so much more interesting than either of these stupid stupid boring movies
1: yeah, but it also is just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just like, yeah, no one is making movies because they have interesting stories to tell anymore. Like Sony is making more abuse movies because. If they don't make a movie every five years, their IP expires. So they have to like churn out these like bullshit movies that make no fucking sense because otherwise they lose Spider-Man. It's like it's so depressing. Also, it's just like even if the idea of this movie is that like you have like the Sinister Six, who are they going to fight? Like, it's not like they can fight Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not the Marvel Universe. I guess they could have a different Spider-Man. But that's just so stupid. And it's, yeah, it's like all this, like, IP shenanigans as opposed to actually making a story that makes sense and is good and might be original. Like.
0: My guess is that, yes, they originally planned on having him be in the Tom Holland universe. Then someone put a stop to that. And then they were like, okay, maybe it's the Andrew Garfield universe or maybe even toby uh, uh, Maguire. I don't know. But then No Way Home came out and was such a huge hit that I bet Sony is like, oh shit, we can actually make new Andrew Garfield movies. Let's connect it to that universe. And then like it was such a big hit that they were like, wait, Morbius this is a bad movie, uh, cut all the connections to Andrew Garfield. So now it's... (laughs) Disconnect. So now it's just this weird thing where it's like, Why is the vulture saying this stuff? Why is Morbius meeting this man? Just, it's none of it makes sense. And it's like, you, you're not going to build a franchise off of this because no one cares about this character and none of the plot stuff makes sense. It's just one of these post credit scenes that we've seen a few examples of where they just throw shit at the wall to be intriguing, but it's clear they don't know where they're, I don't think they know where they're fucking going with this because it doesn't make any sense.
1: But also, even if they did at the moment, like you illustrated, like anything could change. Like there could be a new executive who's like, "Nah, this is bullshit. Like, I feel like every time I've kind of probably I mean, those screenwriters make a ton of money, so I don't feel Mm. bad for them. But I feel like it's probably a very shitty working situation where like every time you have to make changes to your screenplay that are not based off of any like. Actual like good advice. It's all based off of like what kind of IP we could get at this particular moment.
0: I I would think it's very possible. You imagine this. Imagine like anytime you're working on something, uh, and your boss comes down and says, "Oh, we we ha- we changed it, what we want now completely. You have to change everything." That happens in every work where people have bosses. But okay, imagine you're a screenwriter. You get told, oh, we don't have that actor anymore. We're casting this actor. You've got to age up that character to make sense with this actor or something. That happens all the time. And that's frustrating. But imagine the studio comes and goes, oh, hey, (laughs) the movie takes place in a different universe now. Make it work. (laughs)
1: Oh, God. Yeah.
0: It's just, man, just make movies with stories that are full stories that people care about. And then after you've done a few of those. Then you can start being like this character who's already had a good story can meet this other character. It's just it's such a sad disaster. And just it's so much money. 80 million (laughs) dollars went into this at least. That's insane.
1: Yeah. No, it's so sad because like all these people forget that initially all of these IPs were original ideas like why not try to make more original ideas obviously yes there's more risk to it but at least like when you succeed you have now new fodder for everything else that you want to make like for sequels but you just I just all of these superhero movies make me so sad because it's just the same thing every fucking time I just, I want people to stop watching them so that we can move on.
0: I am complaining about the money that went into Morbius. Like I said, uh, the listed, the online listed box office for that was 75 to 83 million. That's really a drop in the bucket. Uh, Veronica, do you know how much Fantastic Beasts 3 cost?
1: Oh, I assume around two hundred million or something. The listed box
0: office is two hundred million dollars to tell a story that isn't a story about characters that no one cares about in a franchise no one likes.
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's like a week of like Universal Studios receipts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they'll be okay. all right. Do you want to? Do you want to give Morbius a grade? Yeah, let's
0: give it a grade. I'm curious.
1: Does the alphabet go that far? <laughs> well, all
0: right. Hmm. Okay. Wait. I gave Fantastic Beasts three uh, a C minus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Why don't you count three, us down?
1: Three, two, one. C D plus.
0: So you gave them both D pluses.
1: I I've. I felt very similar feelings watching both of these movies. I feel like I get, gave them like these grades from for different reasons, but I feel like both of them warrant the same grade, I
0: guess. The scene where like I think you could make a spooky horror themed superhero movie about a vampire and there were the scene where Morbius is all first becomes a vampire and kills all the dudes on the boat and he's like slashing their throats and they do some pretty effective throat slashing in a PG-13 movie by having him like turn to mist the moment he kills him and the mist effect looks cool that scene I enjoyed and there is just nothing in fantastic beats 3 that i came even close to enjoying really so mm-hmm. i mean like people say jude law's performance is good and uh, you know what like he seems like uh um sorry who played uh, old domador uh uh well it was, it was
1: first people, richard yeah. harris and then uh uh What is his first name? Gam Michael Gambon. Yes.
0: People say Jude Law is doing a great Michael Gambon impression. It's like sure. And you and McGregor did a great uh, Alec Guinness impression. But it doesn't mean the Star Wars prequels are fun to watch, and it doesn't mean Fantastic Beasts Three is fun to watch. I so I would put Fantastic Beasts Three below Morbius. But this, these are not. Neither of these are good movies.
1: Well. You know what? I will move. I will move to a C minus, if only because Morbius was so blissfully short <laughs> that I really appreciate it. How long
0: was it? So, yeah, Fantastic Beasts 3, 142 minutes. Jesus Christ. And yeah. uh, Morbius it was, it was is very, very long. 104.
1: Yeah, it was pretty short. I was like, yeah, in and out. Well, when you, and, when you cut huge say, scenes
0: that, out, when you clearly cut tons of the movie out, yeah, it becomes short.
1: I would not have wanted that movie to be longer, even if it made more sense.
0: <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some better movies soon. Um, oh, yes. have you seen any better movies recently?
1: Um, I've seen okay movies. Well, since we recorded last, we both saw the Lost City. Uh, I, thought we, which, I thought we
0: talked about the Lost City in the last episode. Did we already? I think
1: so. Okay. Well, wasted opportunity. Already talked about. I saw another Brad Pitt vehicle, or rather, rewatched Moneyball, which I found to be less good than the last time I mm. watched it. Um, and otherwise, I've mostly been watching TV slow horses quite good has gary oldman in it a movie star um i know <laughs> you
0: saw another movie that you, that was good
1: did i really yeah i watched maholland drive Is we that rewatched
0: watched drive at a, 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 a 20th anniversary screening that's actually the oh, 23rd yeah. 21st but that's not what i meant i mean, we watched a new movie
1: did we watch a new movie i didn't
0: see it with you but i know you saw it
1: what did i see okay now i'm curious what what, what did well, i see Well, maybe
0: a different version of you from a different uh, parallel dimension saw it
1: whoa that was a clue I mean, but it's
0: hard because there's so many multiverse movies right now
1: oh my gosh oh no we definitely talked about everything everywhere all at once
0: on this podcast if we talked
1: about lost city i saw it on the same day So if we talked about Lost City, we talked about everything everywhere all at once. Wait, what? Uh, (laughs) This must be
0: such good audio. This is such an interesting conversation, especially. Oh,
1: I actually do have a good movie. Sure. If you want. I, I rewatched To Die For and it's very, very good still. Oh, yeah. And actually, like, I have like a deeper level of appreciation for it than I had in high school back when I used to watch it quite frequently and have not seen since.
0: I don't, you might've talked about it. I hadn't seen it yet because our last episode was on the 22nd and I saw it on the 30th. Um,
1: oh, all right. Uh, Let's talk I about loved it. it. It's great. <laughs> it's such an energetic movie. It's like so fun and surprising. Everyone should see it. I've seen eight. Sorry. A24 is selling the, the hot dog hand like finger gloves and i kind of want to get them
0: (laughs) i wonder if i feel like they could make an awards run with this movie but it's it came out so early but i feel like it's it's good it's people are liking it so much the reviews and critical and uh, audience reception is so good i've seen it twice now the second time i did uh, find that it's it uh it fe- it runs a little long. Uh, the pacing in yeah. the back half goes a, a little long, um, and I also I have some some nip some little nitpicks that aren't even worth getting into. It it's not an everything everywhere episode, but those <laughs> they are very small nitpicks. I loved it. it. It's such a good movie. It's so fun. Um, I, I loved uh, the Daniels' first film. Um, uh, Swiss Army Man, and this one was better. Oh,
1: I thought you meant the turn down for what video? (laughs)
0: The film turn down for what? Um, uh, I like that video as well. great video. Um, and then, uh, uh, I I watched the dropout on Hulu. The TV show is good. I thought that was really good. Um, uh, and... Oh, let's just...
1: We went to Disneyland.
0: (laughs) Veronica and I went to Disneyland together. Um, uh, We went to the new Star Wars land. The Rise of the Resistance ride is excellent. And the Millennium Falcon ride sucks.
1: Guess which one we went on twice, though.
0: (laughs) In the Millennium Falcon ride, you have different jobs. You could be a pilot or a gunner. And I wanted to see if it changed your experience. We got the fast pass. We could do them both. And going on it twice did uh, make it clear that, yeah, it's just not a very good ride. Unfortunately, (laughs) the Rise of the Resistance is excellent. That is such a good ride.
1: It is quite good.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, do you want to talk about what awaits us in our next episode? I'd love to,
0: but you've got the information out. I don't know. So.
1: All right. Well, can I interest you in the Avengers movie?
0: The first one?
1: The first Avengers movie. But wait, what if you're not into the Avengers movie? How about the 2002 (gasps) Spider-Man? But hold on. If you're not into all that childish crap, how about basic
0: instincts? Oh, wow.
1: And if that does not tickle your fancy, well, I feel like, there's also porkies but that's way less. Expensive. Oh my god,
0: I love porkies. <laughs> I, I,
1: I've i never seen it before. I wrote
0: a stage parody of uh, uh, 80s sex comedies years ago that I put up at the UCB uh, that was based heavily <laughs> on the Porky series, how uh, they keep having to heighten the pranks. So in the first Porky's movies, their pranks are, uh, other than the whole Peeping Tom thing, but their pranks are relatively benign, but they keep heightening it. So by the third movie, they are just committing sexual assault. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I think any of those movies would be fascinating to talk about. I actually do think Porky's would be very interesting to talk about.
1: Maybe we can do a double feature. I feel like both of, like, the... Earlier two and the later two could make like a good double feature comparison. I'm
0: not watching all four. Um.
1: (laughs) No, no, I'm not saying all four, but watching two of these either Porkies and Basic Instinct or Spider Man and the Avengers. But anyway, we can talk about this off pod. We don't have to bore our listeners. Whatever the case. is into two hours, I think, of our podcast. We're not there yet, but
0: we're getting close. Uh, Whatever the case, the next episode is going to be very fun. Um, uh, and I hope this one was as well. Uh, but let's cap this one off. Uh, Veronica, would you like to do the honors? Toot
1: toot 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 toot. Toot. Toot toot toot. Great, and I'll do the Morbius <laughs> one. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> toot toot Morbius.
1: <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you say by bar?
1: I said vampire.